Another edition of Beat the Closing Numbers. Steven Andres filling in for Eli Hershkovich again this week on vacation. He will be back Thursday with the Thursday edition of the show. But as always, Mo Nawara joins us here, senior writer at thelines.com. It is week 18. A lot to go through here on the early week episode of Beat the Closing Number. We're going to talk through some of the wild card and division clinching scenarios what that means for the spreads. We'll share any early week bets we might have made and any numbers that uh, we may be targeting if they move any more. But first of all, Mo, how are you? How did week 17 treat you? Good week for me. Good week for me in week 17. Um, not the best on a personal level, unfortunately. Uh, feeling a little under the weather, but uh, outside of oh. that, uh, we're doing fine. Well, it's one thing to be sick and losing bets. At least if you're sick and winning bets, it's a little bit easier to manage, right? Glass half full. Hope you feel better, though, and appreciate you coming on and, and slogging through this. It's always a little tough to do a pod when you're feeling under the weather, so thank you for that, my friend. Let's get started here right away. Let's jump right into this, and we'll start with the AFC South race slash wild card race because there's a lot going on here. The Houston Texans travel to take on the Indianapolis Colts Saturday night, 8.15 p.m. kickoff. Colts are a one to one and a half point favorite, depending on where you shop. Total at 47 and a half. The Jaguars do not play until one o'clock Eastern time on Sunday. They are five, five and a half point road favorites at Tennessee with a total of 40. Now, in terms of the clinching scenarios for this division, it's very simple for the Jags. If they win on Sunday, they win the division. Now, they can also clinch a playoff berth despite a loss, I believe, if they also get a Steelers and Broncos loss. And, of course, the Colts and uh, Texans don't end at a tie. We're going to try and avoid the tie nonsense. Well, if that happens, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. But on the Colts Texans side, it's very simple. If the Colts win, they're in. If the Texans win, they're in. They get a playoff spot at the very least, and then possibly the division if the Jags also lose. So that's where we're at here. Those are the opening numbers, Mo. Uh, how do you kind of handicap or your reaction to the the lines we have for for these two games here in the AFC South? I think the more interesting one from a betting perspective is the the Jaguars game. Uh, I think it's I like the Texans a little bit in the other game. Um, anything plus, I think, is fine. I kind of think they should be small favorites, but I think it's going. Yeah, CJ yeah, Stroud, right? I, I think it's going to be hard for that one to hit any sort of key number either way. So it's just like, yeah, you just know that it should be somewhere between like Texans minus two and and Colts minus two. So uh, yeah, a little bit interested in Texans because I just think they're a better team than the Colts uh, by some small margin. The other game though, I I do like the Titans, unfortunately, (laughs) but I just, I've had a lot of success, honestly, in week 18 slash 17 in my life. Uh, Historically, it's been like one of my best weeks. Just have always done well betting the non-intuitive side, which I think this is obviously the non-intuitive side. Everyone just looks at, okay, Titans are Cancun. Jaguars are playing for 
playoff spot, of course, the Jaguars will win. And then everyone just slams that side. Usually, if you take the other side of these, you're doing pretty well, in my experience. And Yeah, because the, the, te- the quote-unquote motivated team has an inflated spread, right? And with these two teams, we literally saw the same thing last year. Jags had to fight tooth and nail against Josh Dobbs off the street when he was on the Titans and almost lost the game outright and definitely did not cover against right, Tennessee. Right, yeah, I had Titans big in that one. Um, and yeah, it's just kind of a... I mean, that Titans team obviously had something to play for, but they're still going to come out and play hard. It's a Mike Vrabel team. They're not going to mail it in and just let a division rival get in for free. Nobody does that. So I just... Right. Yeah, I like the Titans quite a bit. I cannot believe this line is as high as it is. I, I know the Titans played like complete garbage last week and... Here's the question though, Mo, like when do you make the bet? Is it is it still going to move? Cuz I I mean if if it's already moved this much, like when is we're in a dead number right now, 5 5 and a half. Like could we get 6? Could we get 6 and a half? Yeah, here? I could see that happening. Um especially once Trevor Lawrence is confirmed in, which I'm assuming this is pricing yes. him in. So, uh I I think the number could get better. But yeah, I, I think this line is pretty heavily inflated. I mean, we saw how bad this Jaguars offense looked for multiple weeks uh, with no outside receivers and um, a less than 100% quarterback. And that's probably the same situation they're going to be in this week. So uh, hard to imagine Zay Jones just coming back that quick, I guess. I don't believe he played and I haven't heard any rumblings that he was close to playing. So we'll see how that situation developed. Um, And yeah, I think they pretty much said Christian Kirk is probably out for the year. So would expect them to have a depleted receiving core would expect them to have a quarterback who is not 100%. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be on the Titans for sure at home here. Just as a reference point, I think it was week 11 is when these two teams played before with a fully healthy Trevor Lawrence with a fully healthy Christian Kirk still there in Jacksonville and in Jacksonville, the Jags were minus six and a half. And now with potentially Ryan Tannehill, which I see is, you know, not a downgrade from Will Levis at the very least. We're, we're basically near the same number now. Like we're five and a half on the road for Jacksonville. Like this is this is inflated for Jacksonville, to say the least. I, I agree with you. Um, I'm, I'm already sitting on Jags uh, futures to win the division. I may be interested in at least taking some of that potential profit and and trying to middle this with the Titans spread on the other side if we get even higher here uh, later in the week. Let's move forward here to the NFC South scenario, and we have the Atlanta Falcons taking on the New Orleans Saints. Now, right now, the Falcons are three, three and a half point road underdogs with a total of 42 and a half. Meanwhile, the Buccaneers are on the road to take on the Carolina Panthers. Both of these are one o'clock Eastern time kickoffs. So we'll have simultaneous games going on, trying to figure out who's going to emerge from this mediocre at best division. The Bucks are five and a half point road favorites, total of 37 and a half. Scenarios, Bucks get a second chance. If they win and they beat the Panthers, they win the division. On the other side, it's very simple. The winner of the Falcons-Saints game is alive. They win the division if they also get a Bucks loss. So that, that's where we're at here. Um, 
Mo Eli is on vacation. He didn't join us, but he did share his first bet for this week in the lines.com free discord top right hand corner of the homepage. You can click on the button and join. He is betting the Panthers here. He got it at six. We're at five and a half here. And I imagine I don't want to speak for him, but having been his editor for the entire season and seeing what he's written, uh, he's fading some of the turnover luck here. I assume with Tampa Bay, it, it happened again last week with the saints came back down to earth and I assume he's doing the same here again on an inflated number. Do you have any strong opinions either about this Bucks game or on the other side where we do have the starters playing in in earnest here between the Falcons and the Yeah, Saints? I like both underdogs here. I'm with Eli. Uh unfortunately on the Panthers uh Panthers and Titans yeah, to start your week, me last week. <laughs> I had a good number uh was with you. We both got plus 7 I think on that one. And they just yeah, absolutely no showed. Uh but it's just a, a Bucks team that doesn't inspire you, a poorly coached team that can be explosive in the passing game at times, but also can be stuck in the mud running the ball into the middle of the line quite a bit. And uh, I just don't think there's this much difference between these teams where the Bucks should be. I, I had this one at Bucks minus three and a half, so I just think this is a little bit too high. Uh, I, I like the Falcons too, man. I mean... This is just the rule of the Saints all year. Every time they play a good game, you can just auto-fade them the next week because they're just going <laughs> to take a dump on the field. And every time the Falcons play a bad game, that's when to hop back on, right? Lose by 20 to the Bears last week. The week before, they beat the Colts by 19. The week before that, they lose to the Panthers 9-7. to Like These are the seesaw teams, and the seesaw tells us Falcons and the points if you're going to go yeah, by like, that method. These teams are not far apart at all i think they're like pretty much i I might i don't i don't think i have more than two or three spots between them in my power rankings i I don't even know if i have the saints above the falcons to be honest like they've been all all on the same tier the whole season like how are the falcons are up to three and a half not i saw this morning all threes i think and there's already some three and a half hitting the board like somebody's hitting the saints motivation mo the motivation like i think people are maybe forgetting the falcons are still motivated yeah somebody's here. hitting the saints and just expecting another good performance and it's just all season's been the same story with the saints if they play a good game they're going to take a dump on the field the next week and uh yeah i'm pretty happy to take three and a half i think here with the falcons although i don't think anybody has any idea what they're going to do at quarterback but at this point i mean it's pretty much like who cares so i just think this, these teams are very close. This line should be below three, and I'm going to take the Falcons at three and a half for sure. Yeah, uh, basically our staff is pretty much in agreement here. Like the Saints are a high teens at best in the power rankings, and the Falcons are low 20s. So um, even if it's like four or five spots difference at the most, I mean, it's still in this tier hard to get to three and a half points between these two teams. So... I agree with you on that. Absolutely. Moving forward here, the NFC East has been flipped on its head. The Cowboys were five to one or longer to win the division just a couple of weeks ago. The Eagles completely melt down. They lose to the Cardinals. Now it's the Cowboys who control their destiny to win the NFC East. And all they have to do is go on the road to take on the Washington Commanders as 13, 13 and a half point favorites, total of 44, 45 and a half. 
The Giants host the Eagles. The Eagles are five, five and a half point favorites, total of 41, 41 and a half. Um, two interesting things to me here, Mo, with these two games kicking off at the same time around 425 Eastern time on Sunday. I think the Eagles, you know, you've been talking about taking some dogs that are undervalued just because people are, you know, hot and heavy to to bet the motivation angle. There's two teams on the slate this week who have proper motivation, I think, but are getting downgrade or cheaper spreads. Um, so I'm curious if you see this line on the Eagles and think it's a bit of an overreaction to bump them all the way down under the key number of six, despite that they theoretically have something still to play for. Um, and also I'm, I'm just taking the Cowboys and the points here, anything under 14, I'm just going to take the commanders are dead team. They have nothing left. I don't care if Brissett plays. If he does, he's probably still got a hamstring issue. And like the Cowboys boat race teams like this, like they score 40 in a lot of these games when they play like this. And this is the most motivated they will have been the entire season. So I get fading motivation when, you know, there's actually a viable opponent on the other sideline, but I don't think that's the case here with Washington. I do think this spread's a little bit inflated, but I don't think I'm going to play Washington for the same reasons you said. I mean, every time I try to fade the Cowboys in these spots with these double-digit spreads, they just win 41 to 10 or whatever, and it's just like, right, I'm just yeah. sick of taking those L's. And I, I, I left Washington for dead a month ago, so uh, I quit betting them after they got steamrolled by Miami. I, I, literally, I said, I'm done with Washington. That's it for me. No more Washington for me, even though I think this spread is too high. I'm off it on Washington. Uh, and yeah, I'm with you on the Eagles, though, actually. I, I don't know why this number is so low. I, this, num this number I is telling it. us really that don't. the Eagles are a worse team than the Rams. I, I mean, I've been the lowest man on the Eagles all year, I think, but I can't get there. I mean, th this is... Uh, These two teams played two weeks they ago. They played two weeks ago in Philadelphia and the Eagles were 13 and a half point favorites. Now I know DeVito started that game and Tarad came in. So you have to adjust a little bit for that, but we're going to go from 13 and a half, two weeks ago, flip venues. And now we're only at five. Uh, yeah. I mean, Tarad's probably multiple points better than uh, DeVito, but at the same time, like the, the Eagles are just a better version of the Rams, aren't they? I mean, stellar passing game. Strong running game, horrific defense. I, like, I just, I would at least put them like close at this point, just because of how much Jalen Hurts. Turns yeah, I the have ball them over. close in my I'll power range. Like, I have the Rams like eleventh and the Eagles like seventh or whatever. Like, there's not a huge. Yeah, we've all downgraded the Eagles. The Eagles are top five for most of this year, and basically our whole staff has them, you know, outside the top six at this point. Yeah, I, I just think this team should be able to move the ball for sure at will against the Giants. Uh, I mean, the Giants, like, yeah, they almost beat the Rams, but I mean, they had a 90-yard punt return touchdown. I mean, some crazy thing, multiples, the million sacks. That That's that's why I'm skeptical of the Rams because they still have an immobile quarterback and a mediocre offensive line at best. But that's not the case with Philly. Like, even if you get pressure, I mean, Jalen Hurts can escape. Jalen Hurts can throw some jump balls to very, very good receivers. Uh, I just think they're better equipped to handle the Giants, and and they're just a better team than the Rams. So when when that line's closing six, six and a half, I don't understand how this is five. So 
uh, yeah, I definitely thought the Eagles would be much bigger favorites here uh, on the other side of seven, to be honest. So uh, I'm with you. I, this line is crazy low unless they're just like, I, I guess the interesting thing about this game is like, if it's 27-0 Cowboys, <laughs> do the Eagles just pull everybody? But Yeah, that's so, so what I'm concerned about, that. too. I'm actually concerned about that going into the game, Mo, because like the Eagles know the Cowboys are very unlikely to lose. So do the Eagles actually rest more players than they normally would, knowing the stakes are or the chances are pretty I could see like here. people on the border maybe. I wonder. I just wonder. Should we like bet first half? Like Eagles minus three, I guess first half. Maybe minus minus three and a half. Like that might be a better play than Eagles yeah. full game. But then again, it's like, are the Giants like a backdoor team? I don't know because of their passing game. Yeah, I think step one for me is hearing from Nick Sirianni and the Eagles. Like, are they going to play all their starters? Um, that's step one. If that's the case then, yeah, I got to bet the Eagles in some form or fashion here. This is too cheap. Uh, we also need to keep an eye out for Devonta Smith. He was seen in a boot and on crutches after the game. So, um, I mean, I I don't think teams look at these games in the way that we do as betters with the spreads, right? Like, the Eagles are not going to say, well, the Cowboys are probably going to beat the Commanders. We're not even going to play our starters. I mean, they would get roasted like you wouldn't believe – if by some miracle the Cowboys lost that game and they benched their starters and they didn't and they didn't beat Washington the won so this game last I, year. I, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. So I fully expect the Eagles to at least play who's available. Like if the question becomes like if a guy is questionable, do they push him or do they just sit him out? And that that that's where we're probably not going to know until Friday or when the full injury report comes out. So that's what I'm going to be waiting here. But um. If we're still in this, if, if we're still in this neighborhood come late week, then I, I'm basically going to have to bet the Eagles if it's under six. Still, honestly, I might bet it at six at that point. So we'll see. Details to come there for sure. NFC Wild Card race: the Packers now control their destiny for a playoff spot, but they're in a similar spot the last year where they have a division p- opponent who is red hot, playing well and is going to give them everything they want, despite the Bears already being eliminated. Last year, it was the Lions who came in and did it to the Packers. This year, they're going to have to try and and avoid the Bears playing spoiler here. If the Packers lose, the Seattle Seahawks can get in if they beat the Arizona Cardinals. Spreads for these games. Packers are three-point home favorites, total of 44. The Seattle Seahawks are three-point road favorites, total of 47.5. And Mo, like we mentioned with the Philadelphia Eagles and not understanding the spread and people fading them off of a poor performance, I kind of see the same thing here with Seattle. Them getting their butt whipped by Pittsburgh. Arizona looks really good against Philadelphia. Isn't this spread too low as well for Seattle? I thought it was a little bit too low, yeah. But it's still close enough to where like, I projected this one at four, so... I don't know. I'm definitely not going to lay it with Seattle because I'm already invested in Seattle. Uh, Unfortunately, I do need um, a playoff ticket for them to win a bet. So I'm just going to hope for the best year. But I don't think I'm in the worst spot here because I kind of like Seattle. And I agree. I do like Chicago. I don't think the line should be three. I have Chicago. 
have Chicago ahead of Green Bay in my power ranking. I think I had them at a power ranking Me last too. week. I think Chicago's better than Green Bay. I, why not? I've been impressed with Green Bay all year too. And but I just I just think Chicago's good. Like what they just keep Money every line? single week they come out and outperform the market. Six weeks in a row, or what is it now? I don't know. They just keep how many times have they won as underdogs? I mean Mo, I put it this way. I went back and checked and I, I had almost forgotten that if it wasn't for the Bears blowing double digit fourth quarter leads twice, they would be on a seven game winning I'd be streak right my now. Bears and season easily under. into the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's wild. Like this team is the market has not adjusted this team enough, despite the fact that betters have come in mostly every week. The and, sharps and hammer the bears heavily. every week. Yeah. Now they didn't really they didn't really do it uh, on yeah, Sunday, not this right? Week, pretty much because because but... the, the market adjusted a little bit, but like this to me is like adjusting them back down or adjusting the Packers <laughs> too far up. Maybe they killed the Falcons. Yeah, I don't I don't understand it. I there was a rogue three and a half um Sunday night or Monday. I, I grabbed that. I don't think we're seeing three and a half again in this game. I think plus three is just fine. And if you don't want to do that, I I think money line's good here too. I, I think, think they're gonna there's win. There's a good chance too. I, I mean, so the the Packers came out and they just beat a fake football team with a fake quarterback. Like yep. that game was to- yep. so meaningless. They didn't have a chance because they put a guy who cannot be on an NFL field in to take snaps. And, and the Packers got a free win on national TV by 20 points or whatever it was. And and people are, I guess, giving them credit for that. And they really shouldn't be like they just, they just really shouldn't be this Packers defense still stinks. The Bears are going to come out and pound the rock, and they're going to probably have success doing that. And their their DBs are good. I I don't. I just think the Bears are a good football team. I agree. I might ladder the spread a little bit here, All, like two and a half the other way, maybe even like six and a half for some of it. I I don't. I think the Bears are clearly better. Um, I'll be on Seattle too. The interesting note here is like we're recording this Tuesday afternoon and believe it or not, it's the threes for Arizona that are juiced. So there's, there's increased interest in betting Arizona plus three. If this ever touches two and a half anywhere, auto bet Seattle. Yeah. I'd have to bet Seattle at two and a half for sure. Yeah, totally. All right, we're we're in sync then on on that scenario, that's for sure. And let's kind of close up shop here with the AFC East race on Sunday night football, the Miami Dolphins and the Buffalo Bills. Miami's very banged up, and I think that's why we've seen early interest here on Buffalo. This was two and a half. We're now at a full three for the Bills on the road, total of fifty and a half. Miami now has lost its top two pass rushers for the season in Jalen Phillips and Bradley Chubb. Jalen Waddle still questionable for this. I don't know what you think, Mo, but I still think Tyree Kill's playing hurt and nowhere near 100%. And not to mention their offensive line continues to just battle injuries every single week. So I have not been impressed with Buffalo. You and I both have AFC futures on them. They, I mean, they were outgained in yards per play to the New England Patriots. <clears throat> Maybe that was just game state and Zappy handing them the ball and they're happy to go conservative and just get out of there with a win. But that this is now two weeks in a row against the Chargers and the Patriots. I have not been impressed with Buffalo, but at the same time, they're they're getting Miami at the perfect time here. So 
it's almost two teams I want to bet against and they're playing each other. Yeah, absolutely with you on this one. Uh, I do. If I, if you made me bet this game, first of all, I think I like the under 50 and a half with the way these offenses are playing is seems crazy to me. I know it's going to be like, well, yeah, it's like, it's like a Miami under from all year, right? Like that's a number that you right. post if Miami's at full strength, that's what we've seen all year. But like, Given what we know at this point, uh, yeah, you. I like the under in this game quite a bit, and I'll probably bet it. What was the last time Buffalo's offense looked good? I mean, it's been weeks. <laughs> it's unless you count like their rushing offense. Should we say? Should yeah, we say yeah. passing like their, offense? Their running game has looked good against obviously the Cowboys, but other than that, it's you got to throw the ball to win against good teams in the NFL. I mean, that this is not going to work against Miami, like. I if you made me pick a side here, I think I would take the Dolphins. But I'm just riding with my division bet. I'm I have plus one thirty basically on the Bills in this game, so I'm it's a spot I'm happy to be in, yeah. especially the way most of the season went. I'll probably play the under because yeah, the Bills offense just is looking clunky for multiple weeks now, and then Miami. I mean, they do. The Bills lived off turnovers last week. They just that was incredible, sloppy play from the Patriots, just handing them the ball over and over. They, but hat tip the Patriots yeah, for still yeah, covering for sure. thirteen. We, I think we love yeah. you, Patriots. Thanks that was awesome for them to keep. Their off, I didn't think their <laughs> offense was going to do as much lifting as it did, but that was nice for us. Uh, I know, but yeah, I just. I'm not impressed with what the Bills are doing on offense. It's been quite some time since I thought they looked good. And the Dolphins, like you said, just a million injuries. But at the same time, Tua is probably not going to give the ball away. He's usually pretty careful. I, I mean, he does have some, like his arm strength leaves a couple ducks a game that can get picked off. He doesn't make like yeah. horrible decisions. It's just, I think it's his arm. And as long as he's just not giving the ball away, which obviously could happen and, and it's good weather too. I, I think that's maybe, you know, well, I haven't got that far in my weather article, but I'm just assuming Miami <laughs> is going to be good weather. So uh, I, I, good conditions for offense probably, but I just think two, two offenses that you just can't trust to put up a big game right now. I might blow your mind with this one. Buffalo with Josh Allen at quarterback is down to 26th in the NFL this season in pass play percentage. In the last three games, they are dead last. They've only thrown the ball 37% of the time. That is 8% less than the number 31 team, Pittsburgh. They have run the ball 63% of the time, Mo, in the last three weeks. That's nuts. I think that's... And like to your... What was most surprising wasn't that they necessarily tried to run the ball because that's what they keep doing. It was how poor Josh Allen was when he threw the ball against the Patriots. I mean, yeah. threw a pick, 169 yards on 30 attempts. I mean, they could barely muster five yards per attempt against the Chiefs. Uh, he obviously barely threw for any yards. Didn't have to in the Cowboys game, but Chargers game was just like whatever. He had a 19 QBR against the Patriots. I mean, dude, they got to clean this up before they play like real teams and real games. I'm like not feeling as good as I was a month ago, which is crazy to say about my bills future, but yeah, it's just not, something's not clicking in their passing game. Stefan Diggs is, did he hit a wall? Like, I don't know what's going on. He's not getting open. Like he was. 
he's not getting targeted either. Um, if I'm not mistaken, if the Bills win this game like we both expect them to do, they will be the two seed because they have the tiebreaker over Kansas City. So that would set up a game against um, Lord knows who. I guess if Jags win the division, they're, they're playing the winner of the Colts or the Texans in the first round. If it's C.J. Stroud on the road in Buffalo in the 2-7 matchup, that's at least a little interesting. Passing offense versus rushing offense at this point. So cross that bridge when we get to it next week, if that's if that's the case. But it's you know something to put in the back. Yeah, of your for head sure. Here. Somebody gives me seven um, on the the Texans. I'm taking it. Fair enough. Yeah, I I love your under angle. I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, I'm with you. I also have. Bills over 10 and a half wins and division futures that somehow have gotten to the finish line after that lull. But I, something happened during that bye week, man, because that's that's the only kind of like landmark I can find in the schedule. The week before the Bills bye week, they had that game in Philadelphia where Josh Allen just went scorched earth, however, had the crippling turnover at the end that cost them the game. And then after that, they've been the most run heavy team in the NFL. So. I don't, I don't know. It's, it's, it's odd to say the least. So um, Mo, before we wrap up, just wanted to give you one final chance here. If there's anything else on the week 18 board that caught your interest uh, before we close up shop. So I and if think not, that's okay. we touched on most of the games, just giving one more glance through and no, I will while okay. while you take a look, I'll I'll share one I'm also betting. I'm still betting the Patriots this week so against I, the Jets. I bet a money line. I'd still bet. I had that three. one like as pretty fair. I think I'm a little bit interested in the Brown. I mean, PJ Walker can cover six against a Bengals team with nothing to play for, against right? Browning, yeah. I, I don't know. The, the Bengals defense they can't stop anybody. I mean, the Chiefs should have scored 35 points in that game. They just kicked a million field goals. I'm a little bit interested in the Browns. Why is the total 39, by the way? If the Browns are going to bench all their defensive starters and the Bengals have the worst defense in the league, why is the total yeah, 39? I mean, yeah, that makes sense to me as well. So another, the, the most maybe interesting game as just a comedy sideshow of like what is going to happen is the Steelers-Ravens game because it's <laughs> like, from what I'm reading on Twitter, the, the Ravens should actually want to lose because technically the Super Bowl path gets harder for them if they if Buffalo gets in. And the best way for them to keep Buffalo out is for the Steelers to win the game. So we might see something weird, some weird play calling in that one. But at the same time, I'm like, okay, isn't Tyler Huntley and the Ravens backups just as good as the Steelers and they're at home getting four? So I don't even know what to do with that one. I mean, that's more by my estimations here looking at market consensus ratings this is more than 10 points off of what the spread would normally be if the starters were in so like is is this move with the ravens benching guys etc worth more than 10 points to you because that's basically what you have to agree with to bet pittsburgh at this point which is nuts yeah, and they just they should just have <laughs> negative motivation but but at the same the players are going to try to win that are on the field so like the only thing right. I can think of is that right. they're going to do like the most vanilla play calls. I was saying what they should do. I, I texted my buddy that they, they need they need to get a burner email and send the Steelers all of their keys. Like 
So they <laughs> so they, and just hope the Steelers are competent enough to take advantage. And of course, if the Steelers make the playoffs, hope that they don't play him again. <laughs> yeah, you change your keys yeah, at that point. It's funny though. Yeah, yeah, you know. I, I will give McDonald credit on defense. Like he's one of the few defensive coordinators now that are game planning week to week and not just rolling out the same defense every week, which is, you know, Belichickian. I'll put it that way. So credit to him for that. All right, Mo. Busy week. One of your favorites, despite all the plug your nose situations. Cannot wait to see how Titans and Panthers works out for you. It's just a vintage Mo week for sure. It's going to be awesome. Eli will be back. Uh, for the full show, the final decisions on Mo and Eli's bets on Beat the Closing Number on Thursday. I'll be back on the Megapod on Friday with Matt Brown and Adam Candy. Uh, Matt and I are also going to do a future show on Wednesday on the YouTube channel, so uh, keep an eye out for that. For Mo Noir, I'm Steven Andres. Best of luck with your bets in NFL Week 18. 